you know, if I remember correctly, Austin, the last time that we did a show with Will, we actually had to like throw away half of the episode that never got aired and it was just privately for us. So I'm really hoping that, <laughs> that, that this time I don't fuck something up and it, it, it's not like, you know, it, it's, it's not just a blitz being here thing, but there's, we have a friend, which is something we haven't done in a minute. <laughs> Yeah, I promised a, a guest for this week. It was supposed to be Avo, but then Avo said next week. So mm. instead, I got Blitz because we were playing Aghanim's Labyrinth, the custom uh, version of it just before this, and it was podcast time. And so, you know, perfect opportunity to uh, get Blitz low commitment onto the podcast. Yes, sir. Is this just like an efficiency play for you? Like you can combine doing two different podcasts you have to do into one and we can just, you know, roll it all out, put it on both channels, easy peasy. Yeah, exactly. Easy. Easy for me. Also, William's in California, so that's another reason we're, we're actually able to do this because he's in the same time zone as us because he came back. Uh, you came back after Lima. What Do you said you can't be in Europe, William, or something? Do yeah, I don't know. Uh, so I have to like kind of strategically time things out like i'm checking my europe calculator i have 46 days left in europe technically or not 46 but after the major i'll have 46 so when does that roll change over? with with brexit is brexit like so when you're in wales uh actually brexit kind of helped me for this yeah i was about to say it doesn't count towards your uh schengen days right it does not wow no it does not so actually kind of useful <laughs> So that, uh, until like July or something, I'm uh I can't do anything. All right, so, so I, I figure kind of we all took this. We should get this out of the way right away, because Joey's internet mm -hmm. is, is kind of sucking. The uh, I, all right, the, I I'm sure everybody wants to know about Boxy. How's he doing? Anything you want to say on that subject? That way, like anybody who shows up thinking they want to hear about that. We'll just get that out of the way. What do you want to say about Boxy, William? Okay, so a few things. I tweeted, I don't want to talk about it, or it's his personal health. And then everyone proceeded to ask me, <laughs> which was really annoying. Like, you know, the funniest part about human beings is they're like, we're entitled to these. That's what you are. You think you're entitled to all information. If you had some kind of illness, like, uh, and you want to disclose it to the world, that's up to you. But he doesn't. So why would... Why, are, why am I forced to tell you? What makes you think you deserve to know? Like, what have you done that makes you think that you're just entitled to this information? And then, like, you just want to baselessly speculate. I saw some guy say it was like, he's got a drug addiction or something. It's the stupidest thing I've ever read in my entire <laughs> fucking life. Like, he got sick in Peru. He didn't want to be there and get checked there because, like, we had to use Alex, God bless his heart, from uh, Gaming Gladiators, Fatal Uno. And, like, he's getting examined while this guy is, like, turning away so that the doctor can, like, and, like, translating at the same time. It's just a really uncomfortable experience. And, yeah, so he posted in our Discord uh, that all good guys I can play. Feels pretty bad to ruin the potential major win for everyone, but I'm doing my best to recover and make sure I stay healthy in the future. And, you know, we all told him, your health above everything, and no one really cared too much. So he's all good for the time being. We're waiting for some, you know, final confirmation. Nothing too serious. Hopefully sounds like it'll be just something annoying, but okay. And yeah, 
so I hope everyone just realizes that none of us cared. So, you know, and you're not entitled to the info. You can keep asking. I'll just keep ignoring you and blocking you. <laughs> you can... Some guy actually asked in a really nice way. And I kind of responded in a really snarky way because I was in a bad mood. And I should... I'm probably going to go out and apologize. He was like, hey, you know, excuse you, me, but like... Uh, if convenient, you know, may I know if Boxy had the same problem as 2021? And then I just said, hey, just wanted to let you know it's none of your business. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, that that is fair. Like that. I don't I don't think that guy you, you say it's nice, but that guy is just fishing for information. He's he's skirting around the whole like, hey, you don't get to know. And he's like, well, can I at least know if it was the same thing as the thing before? Like <laughs> he's still trying to fish for more information. Uh, I, yeah. I, I think your snarky response was uh, was fitting. No, but I mean, I still think like, you know, maybe he's just socially awkward and I'm trying to give people more of the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, when I say I don't, I'm not going to answer it because I'm not boxy. He doesn't want to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. Like, you're welcome to continue to speculate, but no one's going to confirm shit for you. So, you know, keep draining the circle. People are just human beings and they're curious. I get that. But like, it's really not that important. Yeah, you know what's nice when people conspiracy theory. Yeah, <laughs> when people just said like, "Hey, you know, get well soon. Hope you're all better." Done. You know, like that's a completely normal thing. Yeah, when people talk I like about the it people on who Reddit forums, I think that's acceptable because that's kind of what the public forum is for. Uh, you know, like it just generally, that's kind of what people do. But when you start like directly asking people, that's that's where I think you're going over a line. Yeah, and then I got a message saying that, like, some guy was just, like, uh, you know, speculating some... I don't I don't read Reddit as much, and I had... I, I actually posted for the first time in, like, a year. Somebody actually made me post for the first time in a year, because he was just like, yeah, everybody knows what it is. And he just started, like, you know, speculating. <laughs> and I said, we never said that. You're a fucking moron. And he deleted all of his comments, but, like, you know, he's like, well, then, Blitz care to correct me what is it that's wrong with him i was like you're stupid i'm not gonna tell you i was like this guy is a literal sociopath you know but then i i checked his like reddit profile and he's posting an rnba saying like everybody in here is a bunch of entitled divas and i was like do you not see the irony here (laughs) of your comment and then i got a bunch of messages asking me if we're gonna kick him saying boxy's unreliable and all that like fuck off you're so annoying I would say, actually, that was in the very minimal amount of comments, to be fair. Most people were very supportive. The Dota community and Reddit at large and my Twitter were very supportive for the most part. And I really appreciate that. And it was a good moment. And there was only like 10 assholes, which, you know, ruins your day sometimes, but it's whatever. I'll get over with my therapist. You know, it's (laughs) fine. It's like, it's fine. It's really fine. You know, like 9 billion nice comments is you know the nice part and i am appreciating that so that's the boxy side we're not kicking him he's gonna play i don't think he's pubbing yet but he'll play and yeah that's that i think that part of the interesting situation here too was the dichotomy of that happening at the same time that the article was dropping about eg and their situation with danny and the lcs because uh, there's a lot of people drawing parallels to like, oh, hey, Liquid's taking care of their players and putting their health for first. What a novel concept. So I think that, um, you know, 
that helped nice joy way to take the opportunity to uh put liquid up on the pedestal and just dunk on eg oh yeah, yeah have you guys know, not heard a week, a week gone by where <laughs> eg is a shitty organization that was so shameless what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> uh that's what i'm here for man no i mean i i i guess uh yeah i mean when i talked to management and more specifically john and victor they were always very good about everything. <clears throat> when we told them that we were kind of nervous about the Peru situation, Victor said that he 100% supported whatever decision we made, you know, as long as we took the right steps to do it, even if it meant dropping out of the major if we felt that unsafe, which I thought was really, um, really, really cool. And then um, also uh, when Boxy thing happened, he immediately told us that he should, you know, we told him the situation. He said, fly home. Which I think is massive, considering we're literally in top three. We haven't dropped the series. I think I would never blame him publicly. So he would have all more reason to tell me, like, hey, you know, is it that bad? You know, can he play? He never probed once to say whether or not he could play all the props in the world to Victor. He just straight up was like, yeah, you know, like, send him home. Like, health comes first. I don't care. Like... What can we do specifically to make his life easier? You know, does he need business class? Does he need this? Like, it was a very immediate response in terms of like hard the other way, which was simply just how do we make this better? How do we like make sure he's okay? And I can just say that without shitting on any other orcs. I can just say that was a good <laughs> deed, independent, which I think, and he was never, I mean, that's never going to get publicly publicized, right? And so it's just me doing it. Mm. It's not like he did that because he thought I would come on. You guys is like 40 view podcast and tell a story. He's not going to get any clout for this. No, it's like a little bit double than that. But I see. I, I'm just... I... <laughs> um, but no, no, I, I think that, you know, it is important just to play yourself first. What a, what a novel concept. Eh? Um, my, I, I, um, so we ended the last podcast with, with me telling Cap, like, hey, I'm going to see in Lima. I, I bought a non-refundable ticket. And the next morning I woke up and Clay was talking to me about Boxy and I was like, oh, motherfucker. I should have bought a refundable ticket. I, I asked Joey, I was like, is it possible for Liquid to be eliminated uh, before you get there? After he bought his ticket, before he gets there, I was like, is that possible? Because, uh, you know, Joey's had some bad luck with these things and... Uh, no, it was mm -hmm. not possible for them to be eliminated, but uh, <laughs> honestly, the, it seemed like the next worst thing, uh, which was, you know, okay, they can't get eliminated, but they are going to be a player down. Uh, and then you guys still made the grand finals. So congratulations on that. Well, well done. Uh, I, I think the, the downer is boxy health issues, uh, but the upper has got to be uh, motherfucking jabs <laughs> stood in and made it to a fucking major finals. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, we went from vacillating between being like horrifically sad to it being the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> like, I, I just couldn't get over the the situation was just so fucking funny. You know, uh, we didn't even really talk about it. Uh, okay, I'll tell you what happened. So we found out in the morning that Boxy's flying home because he told us he would let us know in the morning what he decides. We said no worries. So it, it was the day that we play. So we really didn't have, or was it the day after we played? No, I think it might have been the day before we played or something. I know Jenkins kept saying on the, the panel that we had like tons of time to practice. I was like, what do you, <laughs> you think we scrimmed today? <laughs> we just, we just sent it. What are you going to, who's scrimming? We're in the top three. Like who's still in the tournament? Who are we going to play against? Um, 
Yeah, so I saw the first Jeff's thing had that two pub games before the first match. Yeah. <laughs> so the first thing that I did was I looked at all the players that were still at the event, and we immediately messaged Valve and we're like, we I knew it was super unlikely. It, it would be really against, you know, just general fair play and stuff and way too complicated. But we asked about Ari and Soxa. They said no, which is completely fair. But they did say we could use jabs, which was, you know, pretty fun. And I'm sure just a good I mean, if you look at it from Jabs' perspective, he's got he went from like not playing to like literally being able to do something very few people get an opportunity to do, which is play on a main stage in a major. And uh everybody tried their best to make things as comfortable as possible for him. I looked around and I was like, what Peruvian players are here? And I saw like Infinity or something, you know, like uh, Papita's team was here. Mm-hmm. But then Zai made the call and simply said that I would rather play with Jabs and send it. And if we get top three, which we were guaranteed for anyways, everyone's kind of happy anyways. So that was the life we said to ourselves, if that's how it ends, at least we'll do it for fun. And no one's really expecting too much from us, right? So... That's kind of the direction things went, is we simply just got uh, jabs to play. I just saw, so I looked up Jabs's uh, Wikipedia page, and the latest one is, you know, second at Lima Major 2023, uh, prize pool of 100,000. So his approximate total winnings just went up to, to 24,000, where it yeah. was before 4,000. So, yeah, because before. Before that, there's tournaments from like three or four years ago that are like two or three events. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was great. He's like 8.6K, which is quite high, like for the average player. Obviously, would be probably the lowest in Pro Dota besides maybe like Kuro or something. Because I don't know if that guy pubs anymore, but realistically, you know, we had in all of Dota in tier one, we probably had the lowest player play for us. And my team was still able to make it happen. And to be fair, Jabs acquitted himself in the talent series very well. I thought he yeah. played just fine. In fact, I think he was very good in the clockwork game. He made some really clutch mm-hmm. plays. He farmed. So yeah, very good. Good for what him. Was, what was the, the difference between his play or like the, the strategy of using him between the first and second day? Because <laughs> there, there, something changed, eh, Will? Yeah, so we essentially decided that we would originally move him to four because it's a role he's more comfortable with than five. And also um, it would mean only switching one role versus switching like two. So we decided to just send it. I mean, we were all confused. No one knows what the protocol is. And then we didn't really know what to draft. Nothing really made sense. It was really hard because a lot of our drafts were based around boxy and most of our play is kind of based around boxy. I'm not here to make excuses, but a lot of people, um, I saw we're asking, why didn't we do this? And why didn't we do that? I'm like, okay, Nisha might, be, <laughs> Nisha might be like our best player, but Boxy is definitely our most important player mm. is the best way to put it. Like almost all the pros recognize that Boxy's very integral to our success. I mean, Fishman told me at the sauna one of the days that, you know, like our team's very good, but with Boxy, we'd be beatable. And he says, with Boxy, it feels impossible. And I was like, thanks. That's really nice of you to say. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll touch on the Lena shit later if you guys want to know. Not that the patch has changed. Such an annoying discussion. Like, I hate it so much. I, I was just giving you shit. You know what happened for that thing? Me and Zai. Okay, it was so funny, actually. I, I don't know if they showed our booth. We were dying laughing in, in series, like, 
in the third game of the yeah, finals because yeah. somebody i think nisha suggested that we give them brood and me and zai said at the beginning of the day no matter what happens we're not letting them play brood it was such a miserable experience we made the trade where we got lena and they got brood and it was so unplayable that we were just like it's not going to happen i said listen gladiators is realistically just a much better team 4v5 and no offense to jabs but it's just not going to be pretty. So no matter what, we can't give them brood. And I saw what the Lesh game looked like. So <laughs> at least the Lena, the Lena path, we talked about it with Gladiators after, and they agreed that was the easiest path to take. Almost all the pros agreed. The reason why you see Lena do so well is because the other shit got like, banned. You know, I think we gave up Lena all the time in our series, and we lost yes. two games total before uh, Boxy had to go. We had lost two matches total not series matches like individual matches in the major we played like 20 games and we lost two of them and we gave up lena on quite a bit of them so it wasn't like we were worried about the hero it's just you know at the end of, after the first game it was kind of like ah oh, well fuck they're probably just much better than us and then the second game was in my opinion like the best draft that we got and aiden's tiny was the most sended thing I've ever seen. I mean, we were dying laughing. He's like, my bad. I was like, it's all good. What can you do? Uh, we were like, is that mid matchup hard, Nisha? And he's like, no, but you know, when he gets first blood and three bounty runes, <laughs> it's probably not the best. Uh, Aiden felt really bad. He's like, my bad, guys. It's like, all good. And then the third game draft, uh, Nisha outside said, no matter what, pick me SF. So I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to treant Tiny, and they're not going to know that the Tiny is a carry, and we're just going to run at them. And you're going to be SF, and we're going to battle. He's like, yeah, sounds good, sounds good. So we do this strategy. We pick treant Tiny, and then he immediately says, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> so then we're just dying. And then, he, and then I don't want to name names, but then somebody farted in our booth, and it smelled like death. And it was just a shit show. It was the worst, like, two minutes of my life. I was just... And then everyone just started dying laughing because it was so fucking funny. Like, Nisha laid out this plan. I laid out the plan, actually. I was like, all right, here's exactly where we're gonna, how we're going to get them. I'm going to set your SF up. It's going to be beautiful. Like, all of these things are going to happen. And then we just had... And then he was just like, I don't want to play SF anymore. I was like, okay. So then it just became, it was just a shit show. And then we just decided to <laughs> yuck it up. you ended up with mid-fucking ancient <laughs> yeah. apparition. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. We weren't he beating them. That for himself. He said he would play it. Zai kept saying he'd play it. And he could still play SF. And Nisha's like, nah, nah. I'll play the AA. And then it was just, oh, God, it was just all bad. <laughs> but I mean, it didn't matter. We weren't going to win that series, guys. No. We, realistically, they were, in my opinion, our only real competition. And it just wasn't doable for v 5 I'm sorry to say, I mean, Jabs is great. I think he did really admirably. But you're asking a guy who hasn't played competitive Dota in like five years, who's probably the lowest MMR player at the major by maybe like 2,000 MMR, to come in mm -hmm. unpracticed, last second, day before, hey man, you're going to be playing top three. It's not even like he gets a ramp-up period where he's playing some freer teams. You know, he's just playing against the top three teams at the event. So Jams is a much better player than uh, me or you, William. Uh, yeah, at least right sure. now, anyway, because <laughs> you don't play pubs. Not really. No, you do. You you rage at everything. So Jams is a much better player than than uh, us. And uh, you you said something uh, that he said 
about like his uh he said the speed of how everybody plays in the game is just so much faster than he's used to right yeah he was saying that the laning phase he said was kind of okay mm-hmm. which you know uh we were used to really winning the offline every game but he was drawing which is fine yeah. honestly it's about as good as it gets but he told me that the hard part was actually the macro game just where to be you know he said the team fights whatever you know they kind of play themselves but he said the ganks the opportunities the moves like where you're supposed to farm where you're supposed to be at all times where is it useful for yourself to like not just be a complete bot was just impossible for him he said everyone was so quick that he just didn't you know and everybody in our team is just playing their own game and they don't have time to sit there and like explain to them because i i saw a lot of uh i saw when i say a lot of comments i'm obviously exaggerating but i saw one comment that said uh surely it's not that big of a drop off from boxy because he does a lot of our strategy with us and stuff and being able to watch a replay at half speed is very different than playing at full speed and actively thinking about the next move that you're going to make um while under pressure it's just such a different thing and so i think he just got lost really quickly probably every every game past like the laning phase he probably was just dreading past the laning phase, like, oh, God, now I've got to direct moves and do things. And, you know, that's Boxy's job for us. Uh, and suddenly we don't have that. And Aiden did an admirable job of trying to, like, make it happen. And he, he told me and Zai in between days that just pick what you would normally pick for Boxy and we'll see what happens. And we're like, all right, whatever, you know, fuck it. Couldn't have been worse than whatever the fuck that was, so... <laughs> Yeah, so I think that's a pretty good perspective. Like this is this is a guy who has bid nine thousand MMR uh, and is an analyst on a, a top tier team, and he's lost in the game. Uh, you know, so hopefully they give some people perspective on like what it's like to play professional Dota because it never, it, it like it never ever like what you are observing versus how it is to actually play in the game is so dramatically different. Uh, I I know always notice that if I was ever playing competitively at all versus like it, it, being able to to sit with uh, no fog of war and just free time to like think about what I would do rather than clicking uh, on the map and and doing things like even just last hitting and like being distracted by like simple lane mechanics and stuff it, it's pretty pretty uh, massive difference of uh, observing and uh, playing. Yeah, I mean, I said, you know, I, I once saw somebody say that the uh, the Olympics should always have the average person come and do the, you know, do the sports or whatever, so you can see the difference of how good these people actually are. And Jabs is a pretty good test case for that. Yeah. So, because he's an exceptional player. Realistically speaking, Jabs is a top thousand in the world. You know, maybe a bit worse than that, but that's very impressive considering Dota's player base and stuff. Uh, and he's still just completely lost in that kind of setting. And we're talking about things that, you know, we're asking him to play at a level of a top five player in his position, I think. In my opinion, the best. But, you know, people, I don't want to argue with anybody. So we'll just say Boxy's top five in his role. He's trying to fill in that plate. It's not going to be fucking easy. Yeah. And you also said that Boxy was a large part of communication for the team, right? So yeah. That's a pretty yeah. big loss. 
So huge it, boxy fan. Everybody else had to step up. Who who stepped up the most when it came to the communication aspect? Uh, probably Aiden. I mean, he was trying, just trying to make life as easy as possible for us. Between the first, between the games, uh, actually during the draft, the talent draft, we were like, it's too good of a clockwork game. We opened NP, they opened Treant, um, Primal, and it's just too good of a clockwork game on eight. You need to have a hero that counters both. And so we're like, you're going to have to play clock, buddy. And he mm-hmm. said, I don't really know. And Aiden was really nice. If you watch the VOD, I don't know if they show the booth or whatever, but you'll see Aiden just sit down and calmly explain while me and Zyre are talking about the draft. He's just like, all right, man, here's what you're going to do. When this guy does this, you do this. When he goes here, you go here. In team fights, make life as easy for yourself. Like he was trying to give him a play-by-play, but in a really simple way, you know, because he wasn't trying to overload him with info and say, give him 50 scenarios. He was just giving him like three situations to focus on. Mm. And he was really just trying to calm him down. Because if you're in Jab's shoes, you've got to be terrified. You know, you're like not really sure what's going on. You're playing a hero that you're unfamiliar with. And Aiden's just kind of holding his hand and saying like, listen, I thought it was a really sweet moment actually. Because we were really trying to make him feel as comfortable as possible in there. So, yeah. Or at least everybody else was. A lot of levity behind the scenes too, I think. Um, Yeah. That's something he did at TI as well. Like, like, like a big group effort to just kind of keep the attitude positive and like to make Jabs feel as comfy as possible. Because he cited to me at least before, he's like, yeah, you know, last time I've played competitively, like I was just nervous. So he was really worried about just being nervous mm-hmm. on stage with the fans because it was not quiet in the arena, especially the final <laughs> day. It really filled out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I think the team did a good job overall of stepping up. I think everybody... Except for me, probably. I was probably just moody and sad when I originally heard, if I'm honest. I, I was probably not being a very good coach if uh, if I have some level of self-awareness and reflection. Uh, in the beginning, I was way more negative than I should have been, which probably did not help jobs either. Um, but, you know, eventually my team overcame me being a piece of shit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they were just better. So, good on them. Alright, well... Uh... You know, you guys still made the. Uh, you, still, you guys still got second. You guys still have the uh, the most DPC points out of any team. Mm-hmm. You're not secure to TI, but if you guys just do well on the DPC, the rest of the DPC, you probably should be able to to slide on in there. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, it's Europe, so there's no there's no guarantees. And God knows. You guys seem to be pretty good right now. And uh, while I think everybody expected the game to have some sort of big change to it, <laughs> it turns it's out we medium got an patch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, we'll see what happens. Uh, I really think our team is just kind of dependent on how hard everybody works and if everybody does their job. So we just had like a... yeah, You know, we had some meeting joey today i don't know if you probably had it too on liquid mm-hmm. I some, didn't, but i know what you're talking about some brand meeting thing that i had to wake myself up at 8 a.m for i was mm-hmm. so tired and then You're i was company like, man west coast times rough i think the person that gave the meeting was actually american or in america mm. so you had a brand meeting it was kind of just like here's what you can cannot do you know it was the don't be an idiot company-wide talk for mm-hmm. players and stuff which uh you know i i don't think my team really needed if i'm honest because i think i've got good 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 eggs which I, I you know 
can't always say, but uh, we've got good eggs. You have much better, fresher, and plumper eggs than other people do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're good guys. They don't say anything behind the scenes that are questionable or anything like that. Yo, which one of your games has the rotten egg? <laughs> I feel, I'm just going like to say, one of, you know, we had, we had to talk to Sony about follow, following Andrew Tate recently. Just <laughs> oh, really? Throw it out there, yeah. I see. Interesting. All right. Uh, have you guys played the new patch at all? Uh, no, I have not yet. Joey? No. Okay. No, I'm, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm the only <laughs> person with an opinion here, apparently. New patch fucking sucks. I hate it. <laughs> Why? Oh, really? Does, okay. Does the new patch make this new DPC season easier, Will, because it is a smaller change as opposed to like an extra <laughs> one? Like, like are, you, are you happy that it is an E patch, or would you have just rather have had a, a full clean slate where you had to really grind for again? Uh, probably prefer a full clean slate to be honest. I think it's kind of boring to uh to have to like just go through the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think for example, our team really benefited from the past patch. Obviously, I think we were the best team in the world. So, but at the same time, you know, my team doesn't have the best motivation right now. I mean, part of the reason I'm into Ags Lab so much is just because Nisha plays it twenty four seven instead of pubbing. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, though, so that, that I think it is an in, interesting uh, side topic here, uh, which is Nisha does not pub as much as the, the rest of your uh, teammates, but uh, he does do a lot of replay review, right? Uh, yeah, I'd say Nisha probably plays the least pubs by far out of anybody in the top level, aside from maybe like Kuro. Um, I think he told me like in the last two years, he's probably played less than like hundred pubs, which is kind of incredible if you think about it. That said <laughs> makes no sense. That that actually I, I don't believe that. <laughs> yeah. Since he's joined Liquid though, he's actually gotten a lot better. And he, he claims in fact I'm gonna Dota 2 Pro Tracker right now <laughs> just to make sure that he is playing pubs. So I I mean you have to with this guy. You gotta just like make sure that he's on the straight and narrow. He's played one game five days ago. Okay, okay. He is actually Nope, nope, he's not playing. He's not playing. <laughs> okay, I gotta, I'm gonna just quickly yeah, jet him a message real fast. Do you have to, are, are there other habits you have to break niche of? Uh, I've, I, I noticed a couple times, at least in the vlog footage I've been reviewing, that, uh, that, that you might have a, a, a 2021 boxy problem with him not waking up on time. Are, are you having he, to be a niche dad? Uh, one second, I'm just writing this message. Anyway, so I think part of the, the, the super interesting thing for me is, uh, is the fact that, yeah, he doesn't pub that much, but apparently he does uh, watch a lot of replays. And so, like, the best player in the world doesn't have this repetitive practice of, of pubs, uh, but it, it's, it says a lot about the fact that he is able to see and they see things happen and then put it into practice without very much, like, muscle memory, I guess, in that regard. Right, like he yeah. watches mid matchups, sees what other people do, and then puts those things into practice. And I and I think that's like uh, that's pretty interesting, uh, and probably a big part of his identity as a player is, is that sort of just like see see and do, <laughs> you know, like my ass, like I see something and then, then it immediately goes out the window. Uh, I have to like repetitively do something over and over and over again mm-hmm. uh, to be able to like actually consistently do it, but. Uh, I think that's pretty interesting that he's able to to go that other route. Yeah, I think uh, 
there's it works in both ways because for example quinn is another mid player who i think is exceptional and he grinds mm-hmm. so there's no uh there's no right or wrong way i think we the nfl calls itself a copycat league you do what people that are successful do mm-hmm. without really thinking about the nuance or what works for you and i think that's really important right to have context like this guy doesn't play pubs but he probably understands how to learn in a very unique way that mm-hmm. probably won't apply to most players like i probably wouldn't accept it as an excuse if zai told me he learns more from because uh zai is the type of person that needs to do it and see it for himself mm, right um and so when he tells me he doesn't have to pub you know that's a bullshit excuse in my opinion <laughs> Uh, whereas I think Mickey actually and uh, Nisha are quite good at not having to grind. I think players like Boxy, Aiden, and Zai really benefit from viewing it with their own eyes, especially Boxy. Uh, and being able to play it out is really important. So there's no real, you know, perfect thing. I wouldn't tell you if you're an up and coming player to only watch replays, and I wouldn't tell you to only play pubs. But you know, there's probably you figure out what works well for you. But it is pretty interesting that he's one of the few players that does that. Uh, okay. So back to the patch, though. Uh, what what's your what's your uh, feelings on Meteor Hammer, uh, Blitz? Um, I don't know. I, I know that <laughs> that's the fucking patch, baby. So you better get used to Meteor Hammer. You better fucking love this item. I see that everybody's buying it, and I'm not really. I've been taking a little bit of a break, so tomorrow I, I guess I'll start watching games again. Um, and I'll probably. I really hate playing patches in the beginning. I just like to watch yeah. and see what happens, and then I'll just copy what is apparently good. Like, I hear Abaddon is really sick or something. Mm-hmm. I don't really exact know. Time buff, baby. Yeah, and I don't really know why um, this Meteor Hammer thing is a thing. I'm sure... Did it get buffed in any way or some shit? Like uh, Half a second less channel time. So it's pretty big. Yeah. So it's it only takes two seconds to go off, uh, and it it hits at two point five seconds, I believe, where it used to be two point five and three. That just makes it easier to synergize with setup, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There are a lot of heroes in the game that have a two second plus stun. (laughs) There, there are a lot of them out there. I, I do think I will just say that I do think it is over overly bought right now, no doubt, but. It, it, pubs are literally insane right now. It's like fucking four meteor hammers on both sides. It's the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life, uh, and I and I hate it. Uh, but I do think there is some part, there is some kernel of truth to this mass meteor hammer buying, which is yeah, this item is is pretty good and it works with a lot of heroes right now. So. Hmm. Because the buildup is nice too, right? Like you get a ring of health in lane. It naturally is like off laner or carry or something like that. That always feels good. I'm watching Gabby right now. I literally pulled it up on my stream. I'm just like, oh, I'll go to some top pro. Gabby <laughs> is playing Pangolier and he has a fucking meteor hammer. <laughs> like what? Okay, that's, I mean, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> no, I'd have to, I'd have to see the mechanics of how it works myself for... I'm able to fucking comment on it, but I mean, it sounds obnoxious, but maybe it's just a good change. Maybe, maybe the nicest thing about it, it'll potentially fix a lot of the high ground issues that Dota currently goes through for a lot of people. Yeah, could be. And I suppose nobody's touched Muerta at all. 
uh, on to that's the reason I'm, I'm waiting till i can like actually load up a game and play without the hero getting picked by someone else yeah yeah, yeah, I have not touched. I, I haven't played it. Uh, obviously, every single game has a Muerta in it. Uh, so I played with and against it a lot. I mean, it seems pretty interesting. The uh, Definitely the fear shot, I think, is a pretty cool mechanic. Um, the, the AoE ghost thing that silences seems to be quite strong. And she, she can do some pretty intense damage. Uh, just takes a little bit, I think, for her to get to that point. Uh, but yeah, she, I think she is not like overpowered. Uh, in fact, it's maybe possible she's underpowered, but, uh, she, she does have some pretty cool mechanics, fun hero to play, I think. So that's cool. Who, who won the patch? What heroes are you seeing in your pubs? Uh, I, I mean, I heard Abaddon was good as well, so, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely stick with that one, and then any hero that has a stun, <laughs> like, uh, you know, I, I was like, I looked through the patch, and like, the first thing, I, I, I did not look at any of anybody else playing Dota, okay, I just jumped in, like, a day after, uh, the patch had come out, first pub game, and I was like, scrolling through, looking at things, okay, okay, all pretty minor changes, but there were definitely some ones that stood out. And I was like, oh, Meteor Hammer. Okay, that seems pretty good. Ah, Sand King got a buff. So very first game, I'm like, I'm going to do Sand King Meteor Hammer. And little did I know, I was jumping to a game where there would be seven other people all picking up a fucking <laughs> Meteor Hammer too. So, you know, like, it goes to show, like, the gut, you know, the gut read of just numbers uh, does work out. So, uh, yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, I can't remember anybody else who like really stood out to me too much. Um, because again, the patch is not terribly large. There was mostly just losers, right? There was uh, yeah, it, a fair number of like meta losers. If you look at the people that gained win rate, that's like, there's really not many that went up exponentially. Like Alchemist went up a little bit, Brewmaster yeah. went up a little bit. Um, looks like, you know uh jakiro's doing well but if you look at the people who've lost win rates it's just like holy shit yeah Lena, it's, down, it's the down seven percent uh, razor down six percent <laughs> yeah hero heroes uh specifically went down because they got nerfed hard uh the heroes that went up i think are are maybe the hero got a buff it's like the sanking one actually it's not like the sanking buffs were that good but i saw a meteor hammer got buffed and i was like ah, maybe that's actually pretty decent Right, I think it's the same thing for Alchemist. Alchemist got a pretty sizable uh, buff, not necessarily because his hero specifically got buffed, but because Radiance got buffed. Uh, that's a hero that is going to utilize Radiance probably the best out of any hero because if it's cheaper to buy, he buys it earlier and he just cycles through uh, and gets six slotted that much faster because he's now bought a Radiance one minute earlier. You know, so uh, I think that's the, I think you look to items more so when it comes to win rates going up on certain heroes. Uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely far bigger losers than there are winners. I tried Centaur with his, his stupid fucking hitch a ride Aghanim Scepter. That was pretty fun. Uh, now that you get stampede when you you uh, hitch somebody onto your cart so that it's like a stampede that lasts forever. It's actually pretty cool. It lasts the whole duration of the hitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And both of you, I mean, you're carrying them, so you both go. Yeah, exactly. Speed. So you're both going max movement speed. So that's that's pretty nice. I like that. That was a cool change. 
but yeah, I'll just keep buffing that. That'll be my preference. All right, you I guys don't... don't know shit about the patch. Do you want to talk about bands instead? Yeah, I've got a funny story about the bands. I have questions, so go for it. So we were doing. There's a thing. It's a sauna group that we go to that we've established. It's like the main people that go are me and uh, Duracho and Tomato nowadays. Important question: How naked do you get? We go. We keep underwear on because okay. I don't. I don't want to see Dota player dicks. <laughs> Just, honestly, if they were perfect strangers, I wouldn't really care. Maybe that's the prudent me, but. Yeah, I just, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just a me thing. It, no, it doesn't no, seem it like sense. anybody else goes. The thing is, it's not like they go no boxers without me in there. So it just, you know, we all towel up, which mm-hmm. apparently is like super not okay for a lot of people. But whatever, I don't give a shit. I mean, um, this is this is a group uh, of like the, this sauna group has players from different teams. So they're all competitors. The last thing you want to know is that some dude has a much bigger dick than you, and all of a sudden you're you're there's some intimidation factor going yeah. into your competition. <laughs> for sure, can't be that attractive and hung. Like it's just that would be bad for everybody's ego. Yeah. So it was me. Uh, I think it was Anton in there, which is Duraccio, and uh, and Stormstormer and Fishman, mm-hmm. and we just talk shop. In a really friendly way, you know, like, oh, how'd your matches go? I, I think actually this generation is my favorite because everybody just is completely okay with each other, if that makes sense. There's no beefs. Everybody's actually just kind of excited to see each other. Obviously, you have to play and there's like some level of rivalry, but a lot of it is actually just uh, like, for example, even though Entity and us were in the same group, we were just chatting about the other teams in a friendly way. Like, oh, how was your game today? Oh, was they, were they good? It's like, yeah, these guys were all right, you know, kind of just like chilling. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Duraccio would say like, yeah, this team and our team's really, this team and our group seems pretty good. It's like, oh, cool, cool. Uh, nothing to like share strats or anything. Mainly just like, you know, talking shop. Sure. Anyways, after the first day, we go down to the sauna, you know, uh, we're just talking. Everyone's like, oh, how did you guys do? Uh, Entity's like, oh, we had a pretty good day. You know, started 2-0, 2-0. And we're like, oh, who'd you play? And then Stormstormer said, we played Geek Slate and Knights. And I said, oh, how how was Knights? And he said, bro, I would be so surprised if they weren't match fixing. <laughs> I was like, yeah? And he's like, yeah, I would be stunned. He said, you guys are going to smash them. And it might not even be because you're good. He said it was so confusing. <laughs> he said he felt like their mid player was actually pretty good. And... um. Yeah, he thought they were better. He was better than he expected, but was like, "Yeah, this guy's uh, this guy's match fixing." It's like, <laughs> okay. Um, he was like, "Yeah, this team is like so fucking sus," and I was like, "Ah, oh, man, don't like hearing that," because I hadn't really looked into it too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I didn't really know what was going on or anything like that. I kind of willingly keep myself ignorant from the Dota scene nowadays. Um, so I didn't realize like they were actually that sus, but yeah, apparently all of the pros were like, yeah, these guys are just straight up fucking doing it. But that I'd walk by their door and they were always having a good time. They were always dying laughing. Like, you know, everybody was just fucking yucking it up, having a good time. And yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of confused because I understand it's hard, harder and harder to make money as a Dota player, but it's like, 
for a lot of these guys, this is the only thing they've ever done, and they're willing to just like throw it away now. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of crazy, you know. A lot of these guys are quite young, uh, like in their early twenties and stuff. And yeah, I mean, you know, I don't feel that bad though. You made your fucking choice, so. Yeah, Joey, you got anything to say about uh, the the match fixers that have now been convicted in the eyes of Valve and Perfect Worlds? You got anything you want to say? Just for context, William, uh, I told uh, Joey that uh, cheating and match fixing is going to be a thing. Uh, This was probably about six months ago or something, and I said this is something we got to be very vigilant about because it definitely goes on, and we need to keep it. And Joey's just, I don't know, I don't know if it's that big of a deal. Yeah. Um. Okay. Like. Okay. Austin. Look. How many people really got banned? The number was like, <laughs> like less half than thirty. The right. CPC. <laughs> the number was like less than fifty. That's <laughs> if you look at the whole proportion of people. That's not. That's not many. It's it's, it's like a small little chunk, right? Um. Just Jesus say Christ. I'm wrong. You're right, Austin. Well done. You're making it worse. I'm just gonna lean in harder. I, dude. Fuck. How did this not get to happen until after the major? I don't know. Because, like, my my assumption, not not to tinfoil hat this, but, like, it was probably a strong inkling of this before everybody went to Lima and played an official event that could have a lot of, you know, betting happening or just other teams who maybe deserve to be there more go than have China just completely look like fools, both E-Home and Knights. I don't think E-Home had a lot of ire on them. Um, I think that was more... Oh, yeah. E-Home got banned too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bro, we scrimmed those guys and I was like, what the fuck are they doing? I was like, just really confused. Like, now that I, I don't want to ever leak scrim shit, but now that they're fucking bad, I don't give a fuck. Um, I almost felt like they were scrimming so that people wouldn't be suspicious of them <laughs> matrixing. I'm not even kidding. Like, their, their, their safe lane dies like twice or something and then he just goes mid and they're like quad laning us and kind of just running around the map as like four people and i was like are these guys on crack or something like what's you know what's the is a waste of your time at that point yeah i mean we were kind of we played the two games and we were just like what was the point of this like this was such bad practice and you you have to play because we wanted to play some of the chinese teams um, and I think we had to cancel against LGD or something. I can't remember what happened there, but we ended up playing E-Home. Or no, we did play LGD, but we played E-Home, and then it was just like, what are these guys doing? You know, it was just, why are we scrimming this? It's like, what, what a, this was like one of the biggest wastes of times like ever, you know, for everybody involved. It was just bad. It's like, why did we do this? So, yeah, that wasn't great. You know, that was just a terrible day of practice. And then I thought, I was like, these guys look way worse than Knights. And, but I never <laughs> no. thought they were match fixing. You know, I, I uh, so the, that, that question, Joey, about why did this not happen before the major? So it might be, uh, this, is, this is just me spilling some rumor monitoring that I've heard, but uh, it mm, might be that this. they did not get like confirmation. Uh, like they didn't get the, the sort of like you know the the final nail to to put in uh until after the major 
uh, because I did hear there was obviously a lot of people who are like, yeah, Knights is definitely match fixing. Uh, there was a lot of people who felt very, very strongly about it. Um, but there was, I did hear about uh, one person in particular who felt extremely strongly about it. Uh, and it was because there was like there was actual information that basically said, oh, yeah, these guys are actually match fixing uh, outside of just like, you know. What you see, basically, because a lot of the pro players and like analysts did go back through that replay, uh, mm -hmm. their replays and like look at that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's possible that that wasn't actually a thing until after the major. Because otherwise, I assume if they had if they had that, then they surely would have gotten them before they went to the major or even while they were there. Because everybody was talking about the, the the blog that went out like, ah, is everybody like somebody to get banned, you know, and like mm -hmm. people were definitely waiting for knights to get banned <laughs> and they didn't. But, you know, only happened afterwards. So. How does this impact the rest of the year for the Chinese DPC? Because there's like a lot of new teams that are filtering up into both Division 1 and Division 2. There's a lot of points that China scored that are just like off the table. Like there's hundreds of DPC points that just like went up into smoke, right? So does this make it harder to have more Chinese teams qualify for TI too? Yeah, almost certainly. Yikes. Yeah, but it means I mean, more they, for Europe, maybe. They had 120 and 60. I mean, the important, the important points are the 180 and 300, right? So uh, I'm not sure if it makes that big of a difference. Uh, but I think the... The bigger thing is just like the the scene kind of got ravaged uh, when it's already down and out. It's definitely struggling the Chinese uh, scene because you know like nobody's playing on the servers. Everybody's playing on Southeast Asia. They're like five stacking on Chinese servers and stuff like that. Uh, the like incoming player pool is like extremely poor. Everyone's playing like custom games or other games entirely. Uh, so it's going to get real bad, I think, for, for China, unless, uh, you know, the, the saviors of the Chinese scene come back, aka uh, Amen, Chalice, and those guys. And they're probably looking at things like, hey guys, this is a free year at this point, who wants, who wants to go clean up? Retirement? No, I, it doesn't even, uh, like, if you look through Wikipedia, it doesn't even, like, say what's going to be going on with, with Chinese Division 2 at this point, because there's just so many people who need to go fill those spots. I don't know if they're going to, like, run a new qualifier or something, but it'll be interesting to see what they try and do. There's a lot of opportunity for people. Hopefully yeah. the right people. I mean, I, all I know is I'm, I'm happy this happened. Uh, it's sad, but they, you know the the amount of rumors that I've heard about the the Chinese players and Chinese teams, especially in like the Div Two area and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm glad we we got we're able to clean some house because uh, you know that that sort of shit is like a pandemic. It just spreads and spreads. The more the more people do it, and the more you do it successfully, like the more you get other people to do it, and it just spreads. It spreads so quickly. Uh, I don't know if it'll actually, you know, fix the scene because the 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 underlying elements are still there, right? Like the mm -hmm. actual, like you know, people say there's like actual like Chinese mafia behind that sort of thing. I don't know if that's true or not, but like there are there is obviously huge amounts of money to be made uh, by match fixing, so that hasn't gone away. That's still an opportunity for the new players that come through. So we'll see.
We will see. What else happened this week? Uh, that was pretty much it. That's all the big shit. We don't really have a whole lot more. We got some, you know, Huerta and, and Patch and we got cosmetics. Don't think anybody here cares about cosmetics. I certainly don't. I definitely don't. No, I, do, I do want that pudge. I do want that pudge with the sombrero. Uh, that, I do want that one. But other than that, I don't care. How quickly uh, did you guys get out of that plane earlier this week and out of LAX? Because I was uh, shocked that I was at the back of the plane. I, I unloaded late, but I didn't see you anywhere. And I'm like, those motherfuckers must have ran through the airport. Uh, we got through pretty quickly, actually. Damn. Yeah, I actually had, I would have been out so fast, but I waited like 10 minutes for William to get his bag. Yeah, I don't know where the fuck you went because me, William, and, and Fear were all hanging around the baggage. Yeah, we were just Fear, Fear in and out, sitting, bro. Fear was sitting one seat in front of me, and I didn't have a bag. I, I didn't have anything to, to get. I was I was stuck in customs forever. What? what? Aren't you uh, the what you call it? The TSA pre-check or whatever? I do. Uh, no, I don't have global entry. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. But well, I was also, also you could do the, the mobile plane. app. Just do the mobile app. It's I've literally five seconds. I, I literally just, it is always an empty line. I go straight through. I wait five seconds to get to the guy. At most, he takes like another five seconds to, for me to scan it and ask where I was coming from. And that's it. Have either of you ever watched Shape of Water? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I watched it on the plane and I think it's my new least favorite movie ever. What? You like it? <laughs> I hated it. What the oh, fuck? Shit. What is wrong with you? You also hated Bullet Train. Uh, Bullet, Bullet, Bullet Train was infinitely better. Infinitely better than Shape of Water. It's my least okay. favorite movie. Alright, no worries. What was it before? What was your least favorite movie before? Nomadland. I see. Oh. I'm trying uh, I'm trying to watch all the best picture winners. It was it was whatever. Man. You know, uh before I date somebody, I always make them watch McGruber with me. <laughs> to see if we're going to be compatible. That's like my first test. And if they just don't understand it or if they hate it, then we just probably won't probably won't get along. So so Chloe passed that test then? Yeah, she you know, she likes shit humor. Yeah. So you know, I'm a fucking idiot and I'm not that interesting, so you know, if you're expecting more, you're just absolutely fucked. So we might as well just cut these expectations <laughs> out of the way yeah, as soon as humanly possible. Do you make them watch McGruber too? There's a second MacGruber? Yes. Apparently. Wait, what? Yeah. I no see shit. it right now. I see MacGruber 2 on Google. I had no idea that was a thing. I didn't know that either. <laughs> MacGruber hey, 2. Date, MacGruber. Second date, MacGruber 2. When did this come 2021. out? 2021. Huh. Okay, I mean, I guess I know what I'm doing tonight now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... Well, let's wrap this bad boy up. Yeah, we're talking about terrible, Joey's terrible taste in movies, so I think we, we've Wait, it's a, an it's a TV show. It is? It's a TV show. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't see it as a film because there's no anything to it. There's I see, no... I see eight episodes. Yeah, but... Peacock from December 21. Yeah. Yeah, there's no actual film because I'm looking at it and it just says cast. 
Will Forte. Nobody else. <laughs> like, unless the movie's out, but I don't think it is. So, no, it might just be a show. Yeah. No, nah, but Lima Bajor, pretty dope. You know, didn't go as planned, but yeah, we've had a pretty sick run. I can't really be that sad about how Team Liquid's been doing. I think uh, everyone's pretty, pretty pleased. All all things considered, I would say. Um, I'm sure Liquid's pretty happy with us because I don't know how the rest of the teams are doing, but not well. <laughs> oh, so we're just carrying the torch, sick. <laughs> yes. I mean, we're we're just absolutely fucking owning everybody. So, well, okay, do me a favor and just keep that up, please. Okay, I mean, I, got I would some, like I got to some sponsorship to sell. Ah, uh, yeah, that's your job now. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> no, I uh hopefully we just keep winning and that'll be nice. Uh I think the only other news is like March left execration or something and Immortal Faith left uh Enigma or some shit. Yeah, it feels mm-hmm. like a just fairly like coach swap. One to one coach swap that's going on there. Well, I don't think Immortal Faith's going to execration, is he? Oh <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Probably but, not. Yeah, I mean good for Good for Enigma. They, uh, I think there's still something there. Another Korean coach for a Western European team. Maybe that. Maybe, that like, maybe, the, maybe Carl saw that and he was just like, that's, that's the secret right there. That's the secret of success. Getting Koreans is everything. <laughs> I just think Koreans, honestly, I would have gotten, if, if I could have, if, uh, the situation lined up, I would have asked March. Deadass. Just would have straight up asked him. Um, unfortunately, uh, he asked us after TI, and we said that we needed a bit of time to like think about it, and I would have loved to have worked with him. Um, but just probably... Well, probably, in my opinion, maybe this is news to my team, but I would like to still look for somebody. I don't know who that is yet, and I'm not forcing it. Ideally, this person is just, you know, really perfect, and then it's easy sell. Oh, you want um, another, like, gameplay coach like Jarek's did last year? Yeah, that would be lovely. Um, but <laughs> finding you don't want to have to do is, that part? You want to just focus on the draft? Yeah, drafting is just so much more fun. Um, <laughs> so we're going to see, I guess, what happens there. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll kind of look around. So okay. you know, if you're a dope ass coach and yeah, everybody who's listening to this who has ever wanted to to make it onto a professional team, be sure to mm-hmm. at Blitz Dota. Um, just give him your best advice on how to be better as a coach uh, for him personally. Uh, maybe yeah. actually uh, correct some of his drafting would probably be a good step. Tell him what, mm-hmm. what he did wrong, uh, especially for the finals, especially talk about like why you, you just tip number one, <laughs> ban Lena, I think is probably mm-hmm. a really good like title to your cover a letter as a, as, a, as, a, as a coach for Liquid. He'll really, <sighs> please, that'll get you in. I promise that'll get you in. That shit was so annoying. Like, <laughs> I, I don't even know how to fucking begin to explain, like, <laughs> the Lena problem. Oh, you already <laughs> did. Broodmother and Lashrak. You, It's just, it's so, I, I don't think people understand. I saw what those games look like, guys. They were way worse. We just weren't beating this team. 
we tried we we did rack our brains it's not like we just decided we weren't gonna like do anything and we were gonna roll over we were like we came up with some ideas they didn't fucking work that's life you know just took and move on play the next one what what can you do you know what can you do uh, that's like see him in berlin yeah you know it just it, it happens sometimes you get fucking worked they're a very good team you know i'm not arrogant i don't believe that uh, beating them would have been hard no matter fucking what and assuming we could beat them with down like our most important players just in my opinion it's insane just wasn't gonna happen and that's okay you know it's all good but we we tried our best strat we really thought it would work it didn't that's life what can you fucking do all right. so that's uh you know if you got advice for me that's not that and you think you actually know drafting and stuff and that sounded really passive aggressive but <laughs> but if you think you understand it you're more than welcome to dm me and i'll fucking talk to you about why why we did the things that we did at like a high why you're wrong a high level Nah, i mean i'm down to like i just think sometimes people get into drafting and they look at the base level of things so easily okay for example now that like everything's done i'll just show you a really easy example okay Mm -hmm. um so if you looked at our drafts and you were to just look through everything and how they went you'll Mm -hmm. see that um and you just load up our drafts you'll see that going into the playoffs we like never lost with triant Mm -hmm. and we always like first two picked it right if you just load up our drafts and you know you're an idiot and you're like, oh, well, duh, they win with Trian all the time. Well, bro, we're like 14 and 2 in the groups. We won with a lot of fucking things. Like, that's not, that's not, Trian was like not the OP part of the, uh, the aspect of it. It was just, you know, we happened to pick Trian. It was an easy pick because Brood was banned every fucking game or NP was banned every fucking game. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you'll think to yourself, like, ah, oh, well, why did this team not do like this or anything like that? It's because teams usually, the first draft of the day, teams will, Actually, teams, if they're any good nowadays, they'll prepare for both situations, guys. They'll prepare for first pick, and they'll prepare for second pick. You don't really prep Dire or Radiant, but you'll prepare for first pick, and you'll prepare for second pick. And if your coach is worth anything, then he's going to like run you through a bunch of scenarios where you'll say, okay, let's say hypothetically we give them this hero. So that's your starting point. You say, we'll give them Brood. And then you run a draft, and you're like, oh god, this looks awful. Like Brood's just going to stomp us in like five minutes. Let me tell you, Brood was way better than any other fucking hero. Fuck off with his Lena shit. Like, Brood was the most disgusting hero in that patch. Uh, just talk to a pro or anybody that, you know, like, you think knows the game above a decent level and ask them what it's like to play against Brood and competitive. And they'll tell you it's fucking just, you know, you'll see that we also never lose with Brood. Our win rate with that hero must be, like, insane. Our win rate with Tusk must be something stupid at this point. But it's not simply, like, we have a 100% win rate with Tusk. Therefore, Liquid Tusk, you must ban. Like, we had a really hard win rate with a lot of things. For example, I think that's where Shopify went wrong in their picks and bans against us. They first do ban tree every single time, which we knew Bulba would do. Um, but yeah, it's like you can also play off of things like that because you know what people do against you. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, if we first picked tree four series in a row, five series in a row, six, it would have been six. And Bulba had lost to it. I promise you the first thing that people would have posted is like, you know, I'm no coach, but... 
Liquid has now won with three and six times in a row. <laughs> you know, so I, you know, it seems really obvious. I would just ban free and it's like, oh, well, congrats, man. Like you fucking like solved the riddle. You really fucking <laughs> put the pieces together and you, you did such a sick job drafting. And I'm not saying I'm a perfect drafter, but the whole Lena Gladiators thing is like, bro, I saw what the Lesh game looked like. I saw what the Brood game looked like. The pass that we did when we did our mock drafts and stuff, they just didn't add up well at all. We just didn't have good answers for heroes. And Alina was by far the thing that we felt most comfortable uh, playing against. In fact, I don't think before we played against Gladiators, I don't think we had dropped a single Lena game uh, in this tournament or in... Uh, actually, in Western Europe, we lost to it once. But other than that, we beat it one, two, three... Yeah, I, I noticed you guys gave it up all the time. Four, group five, six, Quite seven. A- We're seven and one against that hero. You know, and the one loss was like that was the a game that did not game matter. That shouldn't you guys should not have lost against bounty hunter Zeus supports. Yeah, so it's kind of just like it doesn't just work by what you see is what you get. You know, teams prep stuff. You have ideas around things. You try your best to make it work. If it doesn't, that's life. You know, it's similar to when people say. More and more, do I realize like Crow and Puppy why they do stuff? Once you're kind of in the drafting chair yourself, and you understand the prep that goes into it. A lot of the times, you're just kind of... It's like a real pick-your-poison with drafting. And sometimes you're just going to give them what looks broken because what you think is more broken is just off the table. And you could be wrong, but at the same time, I've, I guess recently especially, we've done way better just sticking to our guns, especially like a TI and just saying like, you know, we'll live or die by this, and that's life. And if, if, if it doesn't work and our prep was bad, so be it. Um, and of course, there's some level of flexibility, but you know, we stayed up all night trying to prep this thing out. And if we lose, and the first thing we do is like, oh, well, we have to like, you know, if we lose to Treant again, how embarrassing would that be? No, you don't think like that. You just think to yourself, you make calm, rational decisions. You try and do mock drafts. You try and assume what people like and what they value. And then you kind of just go off of that. And then you talk to your players and they'll say, I think this is like way easier for us to play against. And then you just say, okay, deal. And then you try it out, and if it doesn't work, then you weren't good enough. And that's okay, too. Not everything is draft-related. It's not like every time Shopify loses a draft, like, Bulba's a fucking idiot or anything like that. He was in a tough position, too. Like the Enigma thing. I would have taken Enigma if he didn't. And their game would have been way harder, because Zai is such a sick Enigma, and we never lose with that hero. Mm-hmm. Then it would have been the same story the other way around. So sometimes it's just way more complicated than people realize. Did Saber play a, a fantastic Enigma? Definitely not. Um, but, you know, it's fucking like, can't really do that much more with that. I'm sure he said he feels comfortable playing the hero. I'm sure this was his, like, first really big tournament with Shopify. Uh, obviously, he had been to a major finals before, but there's probably a lot of pressure riding on him because he's always the person that, you know, the offlaner on that stack always gets kicked or some shit. So, you know, I, I just don't think it's his... <laughs> the defense against the dark arts position. Did you use that in the cast? <laughs> Avery used it in the cast. Oh, did uh, you guys credit our tour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible so, line. Incredible. Incredible self-awareness. <laughs> I mean, at least, at least they know. As long as they incredible know. Incredible self-awareness. <laughs> That's one of my favorite comments anybody's ever made in my entire life. I really cannot stress that enough. Do you know this comment, Joey? No. <laughs> our tour refers to their offlaner as the defense against the dark arts like, because you teacher, know, in the yeah. Harry Potter books, the defense against the dark arts teacher like always gets replaced. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, before J.K. Rowling like fucking 
said the dumbass shit that she did. Mm-hmm. You know, we were the whole Harry Potter thing. This was like six years ago. He's like, or four years ago. He's like, fucking position is dark defense against the dark arts. I thought that shit was funny as fuck. <laughs> so, you ever know, since but, universe, man. Ever since uni, should have never. That really has been going on for a long time, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that is the that is my rant on drafting. If you're if you're really confused and you want more context as to how drafting works, I'm happy to teach you. If anybody out there is actually going to listen to this podcast and says like, I want to know more about podcasting and I don't want to stay like an idiot and I want to like think smart things about like Dota and impress nobody because nobody <laughs> gives a shit about Dota drafting, no. then let me learn. And I'm not even the best person to tell you. I'm so bad at it. But I can at least give you context as to how we think about it. And maybe that'll, you know, you'll think about that before you post and tweet at me. <laughs> Why didn't you ban Lena? Like, Why didn't you ban Lena? I just, lo- I don't know. Man. Lo- lo- low key, Blitz is actually uh, the the uh, talent, especially panel. Uh, he, he is the uh, low key MVP. For the uh, the talent, if if you think somebody is doing a good job when it comes to uh, drafting and talking about stuff, it's probably because William helped him. Yeet! I mean, that's just fun because Dota talent like to learn. The new school Dota talent ask questions. They really want to know what's going on, especially Sheep. Sheep throws so many fucking questions my way. It's really sweet because I think it really helps. Uh, myself get my thoughts out there and it also just you know she has good things to talk about and she's a smart girl and that's just fun to talk dota with her so it's mutually uh, beneficial i found that teaching very often is is one of the best ways to cement your knowledge in a subject when you like already know and then you teach somebody else it like actually furthers your own thoughts on the the subject really well no for sure i mean i i think all in all it's a really fun way to just like, I really just like talking Dota. As you know, it's one of my favorite things to do. It's just like talk drafts and kind of run through situations and stuff. It's interesting for me. So, you know, if there's people out there that ever want to do it and you're, especially if you're Dota talent and you want to know more about drafting, I will always help you. If you want to just like understand how first pick works and how second pick works and how the dynamics at play work and how teams value heroes and why and stuff, you know, more than welcome to come knock on my door and I will happily help out. And I will always offer this. And the only person that ever takes me up on it is cap and sheep, but not that I'm flaming anybody can do whatever the fuck you want. If you think it's pointless for your job, then I can't really hate on that. So, but yeah, drafting is like way more logical than, at least at like a high level than I think people realize. So. All right. Cool. Yep. Wrap it up. Oh, it's wrapped. I'm going to press the button. We're going to, we're going to go home. <laughs>